Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Series 3 starts with episode 35, Smarten Up. Hi everyone, this is the Donald from Florida. You mean Donald Duck? You English are real jokers. No, not Donald Duck from Disney. I'm Donald T. Rump, 45th President of United States. And I'd like to congratulate you, Ravel, starting your new series of your show, Church Ahead, on this most important day of the year, January 6th. I own this day. What makes you think you own this day? It was on January the 6th that I took back control of our nation's capital. I made America great again. I was crowned Rex Americano. That means King of America. And it was all on this wonderful day, January the 6th. I'm afraid it wasn't because of you that we start Series 3 today. Church Ahead comes out every Friday, and 6th of January just happens to be the first Friday of the new year. You keep putting me down, Ravel. Frankly, I was not impressed by you giving that award to Patriarch Kirill of Russia for Worst Christian Leader 2022. I wanted that award, and it's just disgraceful that it was stolen from me. I don't mind losing the American presidency, but I had my heart set on Church Ahead's Worst Leader of the Year award. And you gave it to that weird Russian who wears a dress, a long beard, and a cheap watch that cost only 30,000 bucks on his wrist. I wouldn't put a cheap trash watch like that in the washrooms of T-Rump Tower, not even for the worst guests. My jewellery sparkles with the blessing of God like the transfiguration. As American evangelicals, often say, I'm anointed of God. Okay then, Donald Duck, sorry, Donald Rump. We'll bear you in mind when we come to next year's awards. Can I get on with today's show now, please? Just one more thing. I believe you're going to do some politics this year on Church Ahead. Surely you'll have me on the show then. Well, thank you for the offer. But what I would say is, don't call us, we'll call you. Hensley Henson was Bishop of Durham 100 years ago. He ruled his domain as a big beast bishop, not that unlike the man we've just heard from. A bit like Donald T. Rump on his reality TV show The Apprentice, Hensley Henson was not shy to give very direct advice to his underlings. Trump gave his apprentices boardroom lectures on camera. The clergy of Durham Diocese were treated to memoranda called Ad Clarum, which is Latin for to the clergy, and they've been wonderfully packaged and published by SBCK in 1958 for future generations. The present-day bishop reviewing these gems for the Church Times felt the need to apologise for Henson's approach well aware that it would not go down well with clergy today. The messages contain many frank diatribes 
about chaotic clergy cam families and the dangers of clergy spending too much time with women, they sound pretty unsympathetic to modern ears. Not to mention lecturing vicars about the luxury of their vicarages whilst living in a palace with grounds of hundreds of acres. But I have to say, when I read Hensley Henson's Ad Clarums from the 1920s and 1930s, I could see the sense and wisdom in most of them. When I was a curate, I used to love the Proclamation Trust conferences with their fireside chats in the evening, where we would be warned about things like the danger of getting married and ordained in the same year, and told that we would be most effective in our forties, so we should order our lives accordingly. Hensley warned clergy of the danger of the motor car, and we were warned against the danger of the word processor, which would turn us into administrators and preachers of boring sermons. So I've never found the Hensley-Henson approach offensive or discouraging. And over the next three weeks, I'm going to give you three ad clarums from Church Ahead in the style of Hensley-Henson. I'm well aware that not only does this go against the spirit of the age, but many clergy are a bit run down at the moment. The pandemic was really hard for many of them. So if you're ordained and you're not in the mood to be roughed up, you might prefer to avoid the next three episodes. Go back to Billy Joel from September 2022 if you need cheering up. If you stay here, Hold on to your seat because you're going to get three Hensley Hensons, the man labelled by the Church Times as the berating bishop who would not have felt out of place in the Trump Tower boardroom. So, Church Ahead, Ad Clarum number one. Smarten up. That doesn't mean become more intelligent. It means improve your appearance. Worry about what we look like chorus our clergy listeners what's that got to do with the gospel there was a recent spat about people dressing for church in the church times that provoked predictable response which fell to the reverend richard adams of anglesey to give the typical vicar's view a lot of his colleagues would agree with him when he warned of the dangers of focusing on externals and built up to the climax of his letter when he said The king we worship is everywhere. He looks on our hearts, so there is no point trying to impress. Admittedly, the context of this dispute was not specifically a clerical appearance, but there was no surprise that clergy were quick to voice the clothes don't matter side of this argument. I want to read to you a very different quotation. This is the first sentence in Barbara Pym's first novel, set in a mid-20th century English rural parish with the church at the heart of this social world. I quote, The new curate seemed quite a nice young man, but what a pity it was that his combinations showed tucked carelessly into his socks when he sat down. (laughs) Despite my best research, I have to confess I don't actually know what combinations are. But I know this, Barbara Pym is one of the most 
perceptive observers of her age. And when she gives the majority of the first sentence of her novel to describe what's wrong with this clergyman's appearance, we can see that what this clergyman looks like is not a trivial issue. It might be a small thing, but it's significant, and it's going to predict quite important things about his character and behaviour as the story goes along. Perhaps it's because I was brought up by women whose favourite topic of conversation was skirt length and hairstyles and heel height that I'm naturally drawn to the side of the argument that says appearance is probably more important than most clergy realise. If you could get Barbara Pym's curate to talk, he'd probably be oblivious to people talking about his combinations. Let me finish Pym's first paragraph for you. Again, I quote, Of course, he might think it none of their business, but Belinda rather doubted whether he thought at all, if one were to judge by the quality of his first sermon. End of quote. Belinda is bright, and she sees a connection between the thought this man puts into his combinations and into his preaching. And Barbara Pym is not alone in thinking that people give important clues in the way that they dress. In a moment, I'm going to take you into my gallery of ten clergy, male and female, of different age groups, five of whom look good and five who don't. But first, let's step out of church life into the business world for a minute. Timpson's is a brilliantly run business, a chain of high street key cutters and shoe repairers. It operates all over the country, but it's headquartered here in the northwest, and it's very much the creation of one brilliant man, John Timpson. He's well known for a very progressive employment policy. For instance, he employs many people with criminal records in his shops. And at the heart of his business philosophy is a hatred of rules. So many organisations have so many rules, you can't even know them all. So Timpson's has just two rules for the staff. Number two is put the money in the till, not entirely irrelevant to church life. And rule number one is this, look the part. He doesn't prescribe in detail how the staff should look and dress. But he says, look, if you're going to represent this company and ask people to trust you with their keys and their shoes, then make sure you look credible, decent and serious. Look the part. So let's look at some of the clergy I know and ask the question, do they look the part? First, Cameron who we've met before at the war memorial of an affluent Cheshire village. He's in his mid-thirties with lightly greying hair. He has a lot of responsibility. He turns up for Remembrance Sunday looking the part. His black leather shoes shine. His surplus is neatly pressed. His walk is purposeful. Everything about him looks right for that gig. Clement is another well-dressed young clergyman. He does a lot of media work. He likes the camera, and the camera likes him. He's a natural performer. What I like about his appearance 
is the modern men's knitwear unzipped, just enough to show his clerical collar. He looks relaxed and comfortable in the modern world. Thirdly, the clergy at Westminster Abbey, all of them, they all look fabulous in their robes. There's nothing silly or distracting about them. Their appearance echoes the many wonderful things that there are to look at in that building. Nothing jars. Middleton is quite a poor town in North Manchester with a wonderful medieval parish church, some bits Norman. When I turned up for a morning service last summer, I was really there to look at the architecture, the worship was a bit happy-clappy for me. But I would say that the middle-aged woman vicar looked just right. A decent dress, smart but sensible shoes, nice hairdo. I can't help thinking that low church clergy who avoid robes make the challenge harder for themselves. But this woman rose to that challenge. Last of the good examples, another woman. Libby Lane is the diocesan bishop of Derby. Let me tell you about two occasions I looked at her appearance and noticed something. While she was still a parish priest, Libby greeted me in the doorway of the Bishop of Chester's house for some event. I thought her greeting was great and I couldn't help noticing how well dressed she was. The diocesan bishop stood behind her, did not look as impressive. Fast forward three years later, and I was in that area again. This time, we were across the road in Chester Cathedral for Libby's consecration as bishop, first female bishop of the Church of England, so it was quite an occasion. I can't remember many of the words spoken on that day. But I tell you what stood out was the wonderful sight of watching Libby place the bishop's mitre on her head. She threw her head back and put it on quite decisively. It was a powerful moment and it all centred on this piece of headgear. So those are some good examples of clergy dress. Now let's look at the rogues gallery. I knew one vicar in London who stank of B.O., a Stockport vicar who wore large, wide, red-coloured shoes that made him look like a clown. Another middle-aged man with greasy hair and dandruff flecks all over his collar. Another vicar who wore tweed trousers made by his wife. I don't doubt the lady's love for him, but her stitching wasn't up to much. I was in a northern English cathedral recently when a woman in her forties shuffled into the refectory where I was having a coffee, wearing a forlorn, worn-down looking cassock. I assumed she was the verger. I was later told she was the dean. I know she's a popular dean, but her appearance does her no favours. I think there are two myths about appearance that are quite common amongst the clergy. One is the notion that appearance doesn't matter, and the other is to think that scruffiness somehow endears you to poorer people. Here's my bit of sociological analysis. Some very clever people don't care about appearance. So if you only minister to people with doctorates, you might get away with more.
But most working class people care very much what you look like. One of the tests in the back of my mind when I look at a priest is, would my mother listen to you? To get my mother's attention, you'd need to look pretty decent. And that's just the entry point to get a first hearing. So go on then, let's go the full Hensley Henson. Make sure your hair is neat and trim. Clean, proper shoes and clean hands, please. Know your colours and what suits you. If in doubt, make sure you look better than the local primary school teacher. I've been to a couple of bishop clergy supper parties over the past couple of years. One in Rundown Rochdale and one in very upmarket Altrincham. And in both places, the general standard of appearance was poor. Where the average person there would have to raise their game quite a way to catch up with the average primary school teacher. I do think this is a British besetting sin. American clergy, for instance, generally dress well. Will all this turn the ship round? Probably not. But whenever you meet people, your appearance says something about the organisation you represent. Do you want to wear a sign round you saying, we've given up? So, in the spirit of Hensley Henson, ad clarum number one, smarten up. Thank you for listening to episode 35. Please join me again next week for the second Hensley Henson, the second Ad Clarum, Tweet Off.